Welcome, everyone, to episode 94 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast. I am your host, Chad Michaelinis. We have with us today our normal co-host, Holden DePardo. Say hi, Holden. Hello, I'm Holden DePardo. And we have with us a special guest, Jerrica Hanna. Say hi, Jerrica. Hi, Jerrica. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my name is Jerrica Hanna, and I play games, and I'm super excited to talk to uh, you guys about them. Let's do it. That sounds dope. We're very excited to have you here today. (laughs) This is episode 94, but before we continue, we have one very, very important wrong to right. Last week, we were supposed to announce the winner of our participation trophy, and it wasn't ready. And then we were supposed to do it on Thursday, and we fucking forgot. So we're going to do it right now. So, our participation, of course, spiked this month because of uh, Kind of Funny Games Daily. So instead of our normal, like, Mm -hmm. 8 to 20, we had 57. So wow, one person on this list of 57 entries is about to win $20 to the gaming service of their choice. Hey, Siri, pick a number between 1 and 57. A random number between 1 and 57. It's going to be Tunic again. It's going to be amazing if it's Tunic again. It is Alex Cozina. Oh, hey, congratulations, Alex Cozina. Awesome. You guys know him from Thursday when we talked about Link to the Past. <laughs> congratulations, Alex. Check your DMs on the twitterverse thank you for participating and being great now i would have died if it was tunic or fez d that would have been hysterical oh God, right they were still <laughs> they on at the won time. almost all of them those two people have won almost every participation award jerica oh. if you didn't know just luck of the so draw all the new people and they still won that'd be <laughs> amazing it's also a numbers game they just participate a lot so it helps uh, if you guys want to participate we'll talk about how to do that later in the episode but for now let's start with a cold open talking about Metro Exodus. I guess it's not a cold open anymore if we've talked a lot in the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, it's the so, first oh, thing we talked about, a, which still doesn't make it a cold open, but whatever. It's like somebody just left the door ajar and it's slightly chilly now. <laughs> Metro Exodus ditches Steam to become an Epic Game Store exclusive. This comes from Polygon. Yes. Uh, Metro Exodus is now going to be exclusive to Epic Game Store for a year until February 14th, 2020. It will be cheaper than it was previously pre-orderable for on Steam. It is now $50 instead of 60 However, if you did pre-order it on Steam, your pre-order will be uh, honored. A big kind of proponent of, or a big reason why this happened, they said, is the 88-12 revenue split with Epic Games versus the 70-30. So they make a lot more money on every single game sold, which is also why they're allowed to sell it for $50 and still make more money off of it than they would if they sold it for 60 on Steam. What are your thoughts first about them abandoning this? And then we'll get to the second question here, Holden wrote in. So your, your thoughts of them abandoning Steam and moving to Epic. What are your thoughts? Go. I'm not surprised that another game did it. Yeah, um, this is not all. the first time we've seen this. Yeah, this is going to keep happening over and over and over again. Um, I think it's honestly, the, it's, I think this is a test bed. Because most of these games are, most of the sales for something like Metro Exodus or uh, I think Division 2's other game are going to be on console. So they're really not standing to lose too much, I don't think, if they're leaving Steam. Because the vast majority, like 90% of their sales are going to come from from PlayStation and and Xbox. You think so? Absolutely, yeah. I'm pretty positive. Um, A lot of of, um, major titles, especially if they're already highlighted by a Microsoft or something like that, are going to sell primarily on console, most likely. So I think this is kind of a testbed of... um, Let's try this out because it's really not as risky as it would seem because we can still sell these games. 
on Xbox and PlayStation 4. The revenues are still going to be the same as they've always been because Sony and Microsoft aren't changing anything. So it's kind of cool to see if this is happening because if it's successful enough and they are able to make uh, more profit on the PC side of their business by going to Epic, by having a better revenue split and charging less money, maybe that's a trend we'll see going over to console um, as well, hopefully, I think. Um, but it's it's a matter of if this is successful for them or not. And I think it's going to be. So it's kind of cool to see this happen. wrench in there for <laughs> Yes, you, you can, absolutely. Uh, a quick Google search. 90% was just a shout out numbers not like a hard fact well uh well a, a quick google search yeah. metro last light when it when it launched mm-hmm. on ps3 and Xbox yeah, 360, yeah, yeah. it sold uh 0.44 million on ps3 0.35 okay. million on 360 and an ambiguous between two to five million on pc okay so many many times more on pc than it okay. did on consoles but i don't think that i I think it might have something to do with release date. I think it might have released on PC mm-hmm. first, and it was not generally associated with consoles. That at was the time. a PC so, first release game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I do think that PC will have more of a stake than you made it seem. Mm-hmm. But I'm not talking about necessarily Metro Exodus specifically, but just in general, like a, a, a Ubisoft or something like that. Mm-hmm. Most of their games are going to be sold on console, so it's not as big of a risk as most people would be as as you would think. Jared, that you play but that's good to know well? about Metro Exodus because that does, it is a bigger risk for them then. Yeah. Because their games are primarily sold on PC. So thank you for pointing that out. Jared, could you play PC games at all? Uh, so that's what I was going to say. I don't really play a lot of games on PC. I have a PC in case I get a game that I really want to play on it. Yeah. Um, I, the reason why I hopped back on was actually to play Destiny with a few friends. Um, okay. Because they all went to PC and I was like, well, dang, I guess I need to play here now. Um, so one thing I, I'm excited about is just seeing another place where, um, you can get games for PC versus just yeah. Steam. So I'm, I think it's great. I think it's a cool option. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool to have, I guess, competitors in that kind of area. Um, yeah. and yeah, if the games could be cheaper, I'm always a big fan of that. I'm, I'm a, a fan of so many things about this one cheaper <laughs> games. Obviously that's going to be great. Uh, the fact that they're cheaper and the developer gets more money. That's sure. awesome. Um, democratization of games on PC. Super, super cool. With this, um, Steam, with... What was the other one that just launched recently? Who the fuck oh, the, cares? There's, there was the Discord store. The Discord store, store. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of other options out there. What, it, what I've kind of been... I don't do any kind of PC gaming at all. I've bought one game on Steam. Two games. Torchlight and Gone Home. And I played them all maybe eight years ago. <laughs> but um, I don't know much about it. But from all of the kind of hubbub that's been around this game's title, I've learned a couple of things. Like the fact that the Epic Game Store doesn't have a lot of the amenities that the Steam Store would that a lot mm-hmm. of PC gamers look for. Like um, forums and achievements and um, cloud syncing for saves and universal controller support and things like that that might make that 70 30 split a little bit more um reasonable for those kind of things but for anyone who doesn't necessarily care about those things i love that this is available and it's not like it's a permanent exclusive you have until 2020 that's exclusive and then you can buy it on steam but i'm gonna be buying it on consoles if i buy it at all we'll see we all know that i've been sucked into the marketing and it looks great even though i did not enjoy the other games so <laughs> yeah I, i've never played any of the games so um i just like the they're trailer. great they're cool. don't don't listen to chad they're we great. played them for our our backlog bark barf segment uh oh. a while ago okay. and um 
we played Metro 2033. Holden loved it. And I thought it I was so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I played it to the end because that's what a real person does. So <laughs> That was a jab at me because I'm really bad at finishing games. <laughs> <laughs> so Holden through a question in here. What other 2019 games will also jump ship away from Steam? Hmm. My well, guess is you- all of them. <laughs> <laughs> We've no, already I think seen you're... so many big players. We've seen this. We've seen Division 2. We see mm-hmm. Destiny 2 is only available on Battle.net. We've seen mm-hmm. so many huge franchises, I think, going forward are going to find whether it's their own store that they can be on or a store like Epic where they can make more money. I think Steam might be more of like a indie visibility store than mm-hmm. a big AAA store anymore. Well, I think it also is going to depend, too, on, again, like what happens here. I mean, this is essentially an experiment with Metro Exodus and Division 2. Yeah. So if Division 2, they, we'll take Metro Exodus out of this for a second because that's the only game Deep Silver is going to release this year. But um, you look at the big ones, you know, Ubisoft. Um, U- I did it again, Ubisoft. Ubisoft. <laughs> I right, keep doing that. I do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Chad always you know, gets annoyed by it. He was, it's very ubiquitous software. Ubisoft. <laughs> so... Uh, if Ubisoft is going to have a bunch more games coming out this year, obviously. So if Division 2 is successful and they end up making more money or they don't see a change in their profitability, then they're going to do that with other games later on in the year. They just will. So I think really anything by Ubisoft is, is open at this point because they've already opened the door a little bit. They've tried or they're testing the waters. Um, as to that, I mean, there's a good chance anything from Activision can do the same thing. Because again, like, you make a good point Metro Exodus being a big PC game, but a lot of those big franchises, minus like I think like a Call of Duty would still be really big on PC, even though those are still much bigger on console. It's just not a risk because most of their sales come from console. So they're going to be the first ones to try it. I think it, the, the bigger surprises are going to be games like Metro Exodus, which are not nearly as big. That's where I'm more curious to see if that doesn't go. So like, I'm trying to even think what would be a comparable game coming out this, lately this year. Like a game like Biomutant, if you guys yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. like that's a game that like it looks really cool but it's also not like a huge game yeah i can see games like that trying this out because one it's going to bring more it's going to be a marketing message essentially just it's going to get them out there so essentially marketing and on top of that um i think they're going to stand to gain more they're going to gain more from that relationship with epic games by getting more money just give Epic Game Store does not have every game. So they're going to be featured. They're going to be sending out more. It's just a smart move from that regard. So I think like smaller teams like that are going to, might be doing it where their game's pretty big, but it's not huge. They might do it. And then I think these like really big like Activisions, like um, Ubisoft, they're going to be making decisions like this too. Anything from those kind of teams. That's a really vague answer I know, but it's kind of <laughs> hard to know. It's, it's really hard to know until it happens. I wouldn't have picked Metro Exodus to make this move until it obviously happened. Yeah. Anything you guys would like to say before we move on? Yeah. Let's talk about what really matters. What Beat I Saber. played this week. <laughs> 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 Moving on to playtime. I played two things that are reruns and one thing that's new. Obviously Beat Saber. Finally got it set back up now that I've moved. <laughs> uh, played it a little bit today. Showed my roommate who doesn't play video games and had just never done anything in VR. And I let him play it for the first time. I just love introducing people to VR for the first time. It's so dope. Anyway, Beat Saber's great. We all know that. Resident Evil 2 Remake. I know Holden's <sighs> beat it twice. Jerrica, have you played this game yet? I played the demo. 
Um, the one shot demo? Yes, okay. that's what I played. I, I've never played Resident Evil, the original one, or like okay. there was another remake, right? Yeah. Or, yes. Or remastered. There have been a lot of remakes of Resident <laughs> Evil 1. Yes. Yeah. But There's I, probably more Resident Evil 1 remakes than Resident Evil games. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, I, I did not play the original, um, but I played the demo and it was really fun. I really digged it. I just uh, have a lot of my gaming plate right now <laughs> yep yep we have a uh, an app called the gg app where we kind of keep track of all the things we want to play and my backlog is just so full so <laughs> so full um looking ahead i was very excited about march and april not seeing anything that i really want to play aside from sekiro and days gone so it's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna have a lot of time to catch up anyway resident evil 2 good news is you don't have to play one in order to enjoy this one in fact there's a very, very loose connection between one of the main characters and one of the main characters from one. So yeah. if you wanted to jump in with two, I think that is a, a better place to start than any of the one remakes anyway. I played a little bit of Resident Evil 1. I did not finish it, and I enjoyed this immensely. So This was another one did... of those like backlog barf games that we did, and we both only finished about half of it before we watched <laughs> a, a playthrough. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It did... It's why didn't they just give the Resident Evil 2 treatment? Because the the fixed camera angles of Resident Evil 1, I get that back then that was really cool. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work nowadays. It just doesn't. So they really need to give Resident Evil 1 the Resident Evil 2 remake treatment because this is so successful in creating atmosphere and tension. And from my understanding, because I haven't played Resident Evil 2, the original, it does a good job in replicating the the second game. You would know more about that, Chad, because I think you played too. I played a little bit of two, like 90-ish okay. minutes. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, Resident Evil 1, completely ground-up remake like Resident Evil 2, I think I remember like six months ago hearing that that was not off the table, that that was an idea they were very much considering, which I'd be totally down for. Because <laughs> one of my favorite things about this game is how much work they did to fix the inventory management thing, which was, if you remember, what caused me not to finish Resident Evil 1. Because you only mm-hmm. had six slots of inventory and you had to constantly be running back and forth from a box across the mansion to, oh, man, I got the wrong key. Well, I got to go fucking put the key in the box, get the right key, go all the way back, dodge all the zombies. But they did so many things with this one. One, it's upgradable. Your storage is upgradable, which is so nice. But you have to explore to find them. You to do. find the upgrades. You do. Yeah. I mean, I they're found them all pretty... without a guide or anything like that. So, But they're pretty well hidden, so I would say. I, I think they're pretty well hidden. Yeah. But... They also do so many brilliant things like every item is marked on your map when you find it. So if I say, if I see, oh, there's a green herb there. Oh, there's some ammo there. Oh, there's uh, gunpowder over there in the corner of the room. I don't have to pick it up. I can leave it on the ground and be like, cool, if I need it, I know where to come find it. So that saved me a bunch. In addition to letting you know when you don't need items anymore, there's a little check mark next to it. So I can throw that shit away <laughs> and not have all these useless things. Plus, I feel like there were just a lot of of places where you could access your storage too, which definitely helped. Yes, there were. There were. Um, now that I've I've beat the campaign once, you've beat it twice. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to do like a full spoiler side quest for this sometime this week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I want to get into it. Because cool, I cool. love the hell out of it. It is fucking awesome. It is, it is maybe... It's, it's a toss-up between this game... And Resident Evil 7 in VR as to what's the scariest game I've ever played in my life. I feel like I shouted a lot more this, in VR just because it's literally like in your face. But uh, this, this game is, is terrifying. I think this is scarier. 
because I, I played both in flat screen, regular, yeah. you know, traditional, non-fancy VR. And it is so much more terrifying this time around, I think, because there's much, I don't know what it is. There's just much more of a sense of place where, yeah, like I might have the one family member in Resident Evil 7 kind of chasing me around. But in this, it's like, okay, I'm going back to this hall. And in this hall, there's a liquor who I got to be very quiet when I'm walking oh, by him because – like, and you just you cre- I created a much better mental map of the police station than I think I did of Resident Evil 7. But I kind of want to go back and play Resident Evil 7 again now just to be yeah. like, am I crazy? Like, is this that much better? Because I remember thinking – having very similar feelings coming out of Resident Evil 7 of, oh, my God, that was so scary. This was so terrifying. The atmosphere was perfect. And now I'm thinking the same things about this game. So, like, I want to go <laughs> back and compare the two. But the one thing that really struck me that really could have just been gratuitous is is the gore. Um, mm. It is unbelievably gory. It's also the most realistic gore effects ever. But it's really brilliant because it's actually the set dressing. So, like, if you, you know, blow off a zombie's head or something like that, that zombie is there for the rest of the game. It is now part of the narrative of the story because you can go back and just see this gruesome, realistic gore effect that's that's left there. And that memory, like, it's stuck with you now. It's it's really amazing how well that's, that gore system works with the setting in that way. I don't did you feel the same way at all? I did. I think what I really liked, I played about an hour of um the second part, the second run. Yeah. With Claire. And I liked that some of the things that I did as Leon were mm-hmm. still there. I thought that yeah. was super cool. hmm It's um it's really worth playing. It's playing finishing the second run. I, I said last week it's pretty much flawless. It's not flawless, but in its execution of horror I think it's pretty flawless. I can't think of anything wrong with how it executes the tension and, and atmosphere throughout. I mean, um, the just from the tyrant, who is if have you seen the tyrant Jerica in any of the, the trailers? Did, did you see him in the demo? He probably wasn't in the, in the demo. No, he was not. I, in the demo. I don't think okay. so. I think I would have remembered a tyrant. He is basically is eight foot tall, <laughs> oh, yeah. like hulking mass who just like walks around. He's got a trench coat and a Ugh. and a hat on. Um, and you can just hear him thumping around and yeah. walking all over the place. So and just, scary. just that one sound, you hear it, instant dread. And it's just really like just the sound design is so good. Just everything is awesome about it. But we'll did talk more about it. Did you play it with headphones it. or did you play it with the TV screen? Yeah, I played it with headphones. Me too. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just remember like I've usually it takes a lot for a game to make me scream. And I know I just played the demo. And what <laughs> won me over was, you know, I was controlling my character in uh, – I guess I was playing Leon, right? That's the character's yeah. name. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was just wandering around and I took a turn and the window I saw, you know, zombie person like knocking on the window and I was like, oh, oh they're outside. And as I was walking, it busted through the window and I screamed <laughs> so loud. And I was like, I can't do this. I need someone else here. So I was like, okay, I, because I, I love scary games. I like, I, I played Resident mm-hmm. Evil 7 and really enjoyed it. So I'm definitely going to pick this up again. Yeah, you yeah. really should. It's a fantastic horror experience. <laughs> it's really scary. There were so many times where I had to just hit the pause button, yeah. <laughs> set the controller down, take a lap around the kitchen a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, I'm prepared for this mentally. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so Resident Evil 2 Remake was on the list. And then Anthem. We played the Anthem demo this weekend. Ugh. Holden definitely played it with me. Jerrica, did you play it at all? I tried. <laughs> you tried. But yes, I did. I, I tried. I might speak to of... the experience a little bit. Yeah. 
So I, tell us I about your experience. You, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. I tried to. I didn't like it. <laughs> I just well, wanted to throw that okay. out there. <laughs> so previous to this demo, um, I played the alpha. Did you guys? Okay. Yeah. No. no. Do the alpha. Yeah, I was able to do that, and it ran. It was so smooth. I hopped in, and I really enjoyed flying the javelin around. I'm cool mm-hmm. with third person. Um, it felt nice. I could, you know, land and then, you know, shoot my guns. That was really cool. Um, I didn't have like any connection issues. So obviously that's what I was encountering with the um, with the most recent demo. And I was trying to play on PlayStation and that's where I was having the issues. Um, yeah. But apparently it's flipped and a lot of my friends are actually trying to play on PC and they're having issues. So I don't know where the issue lies. But issues. But, huh? I don't think. We don't have any issues on our end, I don't think. Uh, there were a couple of hiccups, uh, at least crashing, in my though. gameplay. But yeah, oh well, yeah, so crashing like an enemy just disappeared. So we uh, we played together. We kind of um, squatted up a little bit and and played some of the demo. I was I was destined to hate it from the beginning because I chose to play with Holden. <laughs> every five, literally every five seconds was. You know what's worse than this game? No games. <laughs> This game is so dumb. You just walk around shooting eggs. This is mindless shooting. This this game sucks. Literally every five seconds, I finally had yeah. To I really shut up. It. There's no way I can enjoy this game if you're saying this every five seconds. Like oh, I did stop okay. after you said that though. I did stop. <laughs> you did. Um, but I my overall feeling walking out of that demo is that this will be a very very good game this fall. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a good game when it launches in a couple of weeks. And that's um, fine. I'm cool with that. Like, yeah, uh, it's going to be very similar to Destiny. That's what I am anticipating. And but yep. down the road, I just I can't wait to see what it can do because I see the potential. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm eager to actually be able to hop in and play, though. <laughs> yeah, I loved the the flying. I thought felt really cool being able to fly, stop and hover, shoot. Yeah. Um, drop with a melee attack at the same time felt so satisfying. Um. It, I do feel like it was a bad demo. I don't That's think exactly the game was bad. Thought. I thought yeah. the demo was bad. Uh, dropping you in, ha- like already level 10, right in the middle of things, no tutorials or anything like that. Just a ton of really dense text telling you all the stuff that, you know, you're excited to play the game. You just skip right past it and you're like, how do I change weapons? How do I squat up with somebody? Why am I with four randos and not holding? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, so I do think it was just a bad demo. But on I have fun that, with it. On top of that, I think on that writing that trade of the whole, it's a bad demo. What they needed to show was how the story integrates with the gameplay. Everyone knew what the gameplay was going to look like. You shoot stuff, you fly around, we get it. The big question was, well, how does the narrative tie into all this? And they talked about the hub world. They've been kind of vague about it. And then this did not give me warm fuzzies that the narrative is going to be great because it's literally go in the place, talk to the guy, then then get back in your suit and get back out there again. And then go back to the hub and then talk to the guy and then get back in your suit and run back out there again. And is that just because it's the demo or is that what the game is going to be like? I hope that's just because it's a demo and they wanted you to be in and out really fast. But like the big question for me and a lot of other people was, what's the story going to be like? How is this going to tie in? And I just didn't get a good sense of that at all. I played about an hour after we after we hung up and you stopped mm-hmm. playing. I played about an hour yeah. and I went around the town, talked to some people. There's yeah. actually a bartender who is uh, mm-hmm. Kenneth from 30 Rock. Oh, yeah. I actually got to um, talk to this character. and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know that voice. <gasps> That's <laughs> Kenneth. 
<laughs> but there there are definitely some seeds there. You got your dialogue choices. Okay. So if he's, you look for it, it's there. Yeah. He's an interesting okay. character where he's like, do you recognize me? I was on that TV show. You know, I was night number two. You know, the other guy got to do all the hard mm-hmm. work, but I was there and I got to open the gate, whatever, whatever. So, like, there are interesting characters out there if you're looking for it. I don't think you should go in expecting, like, a Mass Effect type Bioware game. That's because obviously that story is not going to be interwoven into the missions like it would be in a Mass Effect game because the missions mm-hmm. are multiplayer with other randos rather than squad mates who can talk to each other during the mission. Yeah. So I do think it's going to very much be come back to the hub world, story, 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 go out and shoot, come back to the hub world, get your story. Mm-hmm. So I'm going into it thinking of this is going to be Destiny with a really cool fleshed out hub world. But it's going to play a lot like Destiny, and then I'm not expecting a, a Bioware game because I'm not going to be I'm not going to be disappointed if I go that route. Do you want the mm-hmm. Destiny? It was when you were in on a new planet. You had the loading screen to get to the planet, but after that, it was seamless. Oh God, yeah, the loading screens. It was unbearable. Like Whoa. I accidentally went the wrong way, so I had to go back <laughs> out of the cave, and then no wait, I had to be in that cave, so. I had to go through like four fucking loading screens to figure out if I was in the right spot or not. And it was, just, it was really bad. And they were like literally 30 second loading screens, sometimes 40. Yeah. To, to load up an area you spent. Like, all right, so there's a moment where I accidentally left and I had to go back in again. I get back in and Chad's like, oh, we're done here now. We're leaving. So they <laughs> <laughs> had to just leave again. Like, that's how little time you spent in that cave. The, what was it loading? <laughs> when did it spend 30 seconds loading? Um, another thing I did is I went and did like the free play, not like on a mission, but just like go out and explore, which you can do by yourself. I was kind of a little disappointed to see that you couldn't do missions by yourself. You had to, to have a four person rando team, but there are like, you know, community events and things like that happening in the free play. And they should have let you, they should have like made you do that as part of it because you walk out there and you see another part of the world and it's beautiful. It's open and vast. I do think it's a little empty. It's kind of like flying around. Oh, like, man, there's a lot of cool waterfalls empty. and there's a lot of cool rock sculptures and buildings <laughs> and there's like an enemy the, somewhere in 200 miles and that's it. The evasness also doesn't work well with the flying mechanic because the flying mechanic only works for like 15 seconds and you got to go back to the ground again to jump up, recharge and fly again. Oh, that's going to be and super upgradable. I know it's going to be upgradable, but man, your first experiences of the game are going to be wanting to fly around everywhere and just not being able to because you have to... It's You're just kind of gliding around and then you fall. Yeah. You're, you're Buzz Lightyear. You're just falling with style. Although That's all if you're you really can doing. time it well enough, if you fly by like a waterfall or something with mist, you get cooled down while you're flying and then it resets your timer. Oh. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't change my mind, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is a game that I'm going to pick up day one, but I probably will pick it up after a few expansions have come out. Yeah. This will be one that I come back to once it's kind of full. Like the Taken King version of Destiny, I think, is when I'm going to jump into this one. I liked Destiny when I did the Taken King, so. I loved both mm-hmm. Destiny 1 and 2. I played them every single day, several hours a day for like three weeks straight. And mm-hmm. I was like, cool, I beat it, I'm done. And then I just <laughs> said, bye. But I loved it. Uh, Jerrica, that wraps up what I played. What have you played this week, aside from those two things, if anything? Okay, well, um, you know, like I said, I was trying to play the Anthem demo. Mm -hmm. Um, What I can't put down, and I've already put it, I put it down late last year, because it came out in October, 
And I, I just felt guilty because, you know, Kingdom Hearts came out. Mm-hmm. I'm getting here with my story. I, <laughs> I feel so bad um, how I've treated this game. And it's Assassin's <laughs> Creed Odyssey. Okay. Oh, okay. I set it down when Red Dead came out. And I just didn't think I wanted to go, I wanted to go back to it. Um, but I picked it up just because I was like, hmm, let's see. Because everyone was talking about it. Um, and I picked it back up and I cannot set it down. Um, all the quests are good. I love Cassandra, of course. And yeah, I feel guilty not finishing it before I go to my next game. So <laughs> that's a game that I've got to I've got to get back to. I I fell off of Assassin's Creed after Revelations, but everyone has been talking about this game so much and how amazing it is. Like it was nominated for so many awards as well. Um, did you play Origins at all? Yes, I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you like this game versus Origins? Um, pretty much like how the game feels and how the combat um, operates is very similar. Um, but I love this world so much more. Um, okay. Yeah, deserts and pyramids are cool, but I like trees and, you know, bodies of water I can dive into. So, yeah. Yeah. A little bit more only... diverse of a landscape than just <laughs> desert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I did My enjoy experience... uh, climbing pyramids. That was fun. That does sound <laughs> Yeah. Good. My only experience with Origin so far has been that Project Google Stream thing. You mean Odyssey? Which didn't... Yeah, Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Odyssey. Was the Project Stream, and it didn't run well enough for me to enjoy it, Mm. the streaming version of it. So I feel like that kind of soured the taste of the game in my mouth, but I feel like, with the way everyone talked about it, I've got to go back to that game. Holden, did you ever play more of it? No, I did the project uh, stream as well, but I had a better experience than you did. I yeah. actually enjoyed my time with it. Um, I just, it's a big game. And like, I'm still chipping away at Red Dead 2. I'm still <laughs> chipping away at that. I have so much to play right now. It's like, I'd love to go back and play that, but there's so many other games before Assassin's Creed. I kind of stopped Assassin's Creed around Assassin's Creed 3, mm. <laughs> um, which apparently is coming to Switch, which is what an odd oh. one to bring to Switch. Like with all the Assassin's Creed games, why three? Anyway, um, <laughs> So I don't know. I just, it's it's tough because I hear really good things about the franchise, but I keep thinking, well, I've already played Assassin's Creed before. I know what it's like, <laughs> but I don't know what it's like because these are totally new games. So I don't know. I'm kind of caught. It's like saying, oh, I've already played Mario before. <laughs> I don't need to play another. They're different games. But, no, it'd be, it'll be more like saying, I've already played Zelda. I don't need to play Breath of the Wild. I know what Zelda games are like. It's like, no, it's a totally different Zelda game. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time. Nowhere near the same. No, those are the same. <laughs> <laughs> those games are the same. And Holden, what else have you played? Uh, I played Wargroove. It's the only other thing I played. Okay, I'm this very is a, excited. This is a game that I've heard a lot about in the last couple of weeks. And in my head, I was like, I got it confused with Warframe. I was like, man, everyone's all up Warframe's <laughs> butt again. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is something different. What is Warframe? Yeah, this is way different. So basically what this game is, is a bunch of developers said, hey, we love Advance Wars games, and no one's making Advance Wars games anymore. Let's just make a fantasy version of, of Advance Wars. And that's exactly what it is. And it's awesome for it. It's honestly shockingly similar to Advance Wars. I know you didn't play Advance Wars, Chad. Did you play Advance Wars at all, Jerrica? Um, No. No, yeah. not my uh, cup of tea. It was, yeah, um, me yeah, it was more of an obscure Game Boy Advance game. But basically, <laughs> what it is is it's the same team that made Fire Emblem, I believe, mm. and it's a um, 
strategy game where you just you have troops um, that you're buying units to take over the, the enemy's base, and all they, they all take place in like a like Final Fantasy Tactics kind of style map where you're just positioning your enemies, telling where to go, that kind of thing. Um, it's super super fun this time around um, in Wargroove. It's really good. I was worried that the story elements were going to get in the way because I really just wanted to just play each level and each mission, just do the strategy stuff. And it does a really good job of balancing the story and the and the the gameplay. Something like Advanced Wars was really bad at was the first like third of the game is basically just each new mission is a tutorial for each new type of unit that you'll be using, and there's so much dialogue between the characters explaining. What each unit does, why you'd want to use this unit. Um, did you notice this thing about the unit? Little joke here. I'm just like, shut up. I just want to play the game. I get it. I know how to like move the unit forward at this point. This game's really, it's like five lines of dialogue back and forth between the character explaining what the unit does and then enjoy the level. It's really quick about it. So I really like how much they've streamlined it. Um, there's a lot of optional side content as well. So I haven't gotten into this yet, but you can make your own maps. You can make your own campaigns with your own dialogue and like stories and like things that are happening. It's kind of cool, so I'm, I want to delve into it a lot more. At this point, I've only played the first two acts out of seven, I think, in the, in the story. So I'm pretty early on in the story right now, but it's a blast. If you've played Advanced Wars, you like it, the Fire Emblem games, it's 20 bucks and it's highly polished and really good. What systems? Um, Switch, um, PC, and Xbox. Nice. So just not PS4, which I think is kind of strange. Hmm. I honestly had to double, like, I did a double take when I saw that initially. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll say this. Um, definitely not the type of game that I see myself playing, but because <laughs> it's on the Switch, I'm going to try it. I can't tell That's you how the so, Switch many, is. so many games that <laughs> yeah. I've played that I would that I even attempted to play on elsewhere. I, mm-hmm. If I could have it in my hand and on the couch, yeah. I tend to play it. <laughs> yep. This is a great yeah. couch game. <laughs> this is a great couch game. What a great transition into a subscriber interrogative from Ryan's subscriber interrogatives. That's the name of our segment now. Ryan's subscriber interrogatives. <laughs> Why? Because Ryan is the only person in the last three weeks that has submitted a subscriber interrogative every single week. Remember, you can too on Twitter at Respawn Name Fire. Ryan says, so but wait question. a second. Can they yes. send in a subscriber interrogative or they can they send in a Ryan subscriber interrogative? Oh, if your name is Ryan... You can send in a subscriber interrogative. Perfect. If your name is not Ryan, you can send in a Ryan's subscriber interrogative. Thank you. Good <laughs> clarification. So question. Since you guys are multi-console people, how do you decide on which console to get a game for when it is released on multiple consoles? I think Jarek and I are going to have a similar answer based <laughs> on what you just said, which is if it's on Switch, I'll take it on Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so Jarek, you have a Switch, you have a PS4, you have a PC, but you don't use it very much. Mm-hmm. Do you have an Xbox as well? I had one. Um, my step sibling got that. So um, if I'm console, I'm on a PlayStation. And okay. the reason why I have a PC is because a lot of my friends have uh, ditched their PlayStations and all gone PC. So oh my, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you need a new group of friends. I know it's so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. PC gaming is fine for those who enjoy. Yeah. It. So. I own all the consoles, Xbox, PS4, Switch, and in general, I like trophies, mm-hmm. so I enjoy having all of them kind of accruing, so if there's a third-party game, most of the time it's going to be on my PS4. I also really enjoy single-player narrative games, which 
PS4 is a total powerhouse for. Mm-hmm. And I also enjoy 4K um, UHD and HDR. So PS4 is usually where I go. However, if it is something like an RP, like a JRPG, or if it's a puzzle or a platformer game, I love having those handheld. And in fact, when uh, Final Fantasy X and X2 Remastered came out and it was available on PS3 and Vita, I got it on my Vita because that's a JRPG I want to take on the go. I just love grinding and stuff like that on a handheld portable console, whether it's on the train or on the couch. Um, So that's usually where I go for my Switch. Something either smaller, bite-sized, or a long, grindy experience. But most other, like, big blockbuster things that, like, you're there for... Like, the presentation is part of the package. Like, I'm not going to get Doom or Wolfenstein 2 on Switch when I could get the better-looking version, much cheaper version, on PS4 and enjoy that on my TV. Mm. So usually, I'm a PS4 person. Holden, do you have anything different other than just (laughs) Switch, if it's on Switch? (laughs) Uh, I won't play games if they're on any other console besides Switch. I think they're ugly consoles that are stupid. So I just won't <laughs> play them. Uh, no. No, like, it's like Doom. I played Doom on PS4 because I already had it on PS4. I'm not going to get it again for Switch. So, like, in that case, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll play it on PS4. Um, Do you and not I think... Resident, Evil for any... Resident Evil 4 for anything else? Because I know you said Yeah, so, like, Resident Evil 4 I know is coming to Switch this year. I know I can get it on PS4 right now. But, like, Do that not game's not going to look. No, I don't what yeah um so have you ever played that game i played half of it on gamecube what you've never beat resident evil 4 i didn't oh that's a barf (laughs) that's gonna be a barf recorded today that that's was gonna be a barf later on yes okay and um, Um, that's actually the first one i played um on the gamecube and also got halfway done (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I got stuck in the room where um, you have the two trolls in the lava pit in the middle, and I never had enough ammo to mm. beat both of them. Yep. Or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but I, just, <laughs> I can never beat both of them. So I just, I'm like, fuck it. I'm done with this game. <laughs> and now I've gotten better at games, so I'll probably do better at that game. So let's, we'll find out. <laughs> I guess this year we played on bars. Look forward yep. to that, everyone. But I guess when I'm playing something like that, I'm playing on the Switch anyway, just because. I'll wait a bit longer. I'd rather have it on Switch, and it's not going to look that much better on PS4. It's a GameCube game, so yep. it'll look fine on Switch. But yeah, you're right. Like Red Dead Redemption Two, I don't care if that game is on Switch as well. I'm probably still going to put that on PS4 because you're right. Like the aesthetic is very important to a game like that. Yeah, the kind of the the, the quote unquote simulation aspect of like feeling like you're a cowboy. That's not going to work if the graphics don't look as good. Right. It's not the most important thing for gameplay, but it does help with the experience. And I think because so much of the games I play are um, more focused on, like, gameplay aspects um, and not traditionally, like, first-person shooters or something like that, where it's, you know, um, hectic, fast-paced, it's looking as sharp and good as possible, running as smooth as possible. I'm not really into that as much. I want a Mario game. I want a Zelda game. Those games are on Nintendo anyway. And I don't mean, like, those two franchises. I just kind of mean, like, that kind of fun, toy-like style of game. Right. Um, that's on Switch anyway. So that, in that case, like that kind of game I like playing, graphics don't matter. I'm going to play that game on on the Switch. It's like Just Shapes and Beats is a good example of that. The game's oh, like a God, what a good game. Jared, have you played Just Shapes and Beats? No. Get It's it. amazing. Get it. Get <laughs> it. <laughs> it's a Switch game. Perfect for Switch. 
I think okay. it's like 15 bucks on the eShop. Yeah. But it is, it's a, like a bullet hell, just a void game that's also timed to music, but also has this incredibly great charm and personality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and some really cool, unique mechanics. So you should check it if, out. If, if we're recommending games you have to play on Switch, I just have to ask if you played Hollow Knight. I tried. <laughs> Which is weird. Because okay. I, okay, so like my first game that was sort of like Hollow Knight was um, Ori. Um, in the oh, yeah. forest so i was like "Ooh, i may like this game and i played it and i was like uh, it's too hard <laughs> which is surprising because <laughs> ori was really it, hard it's really really hard uh, i was talking to someone recently about that game he and I, I convinced him to get it and he's like you didn't tell me it was like dark souls and i'm like <laughs> oh i'm sorry <laughs> he was really mad at me and he's like well where are you at right now i'm like oh i'm at the point where the knight's are hitting me and and he said and i think he said like you know in rolling and i'm like oh you're at the part where you have like the five knights you're fighting against and you know they're you have to fight two at a time they're rolling all over the place and it's really really goddamn hard chad said he beat it in the second try you're a liar no i didn't I say second you. i said it took me about 20 minutes okay you're a liar it did not take you that long <laughs> it, took you, it took me like hours and i had to come back it was the hardest boss ever so i'm like just to make sure we're talking about this boss right you're having a hard time with this one because we're having a hard time with this one i had a hard time too it's totally fine i showed the boss he goes oh no not that one and he explains some more and i'm like oh that's you're talking about the first boss <laughs> yeah, n- never mind you're gonna have a hard time man yeah not <laughs> one of the very very game. last bosses of the game you're stuck on number one yeah it's a tough game jerica it's, it's all good Ugh, it's very yeah. hard I feel is like this is the t- year. This is the year that I I learned that I love Metroidvania games. Mm-hmm. I played Metroid Prime for the, not Metroid Prime Super Metroid for the first time. We played Castlevania Symphony of the Night for the first time. Uh, and then I played Hollow Knight, and I was like, man, I love Metroidvania games. These are wonderful. <laughs> do you not do you not do like the Dark Souls kind of style games? That kind of like that more difficult. Uh, it's intentionally hard. I mean, I'll, I try it. I try it so hard. <laughs> but <laughs> I just uh, it'd be it'd be better. Like you know, Hollow Knight is really cute. I like. I think the characters look neat. Um, yeah. Dark Dark Souls. I I cannot get into that world, and 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 it's super hard. Yeah. So I'm just like, mm. but I get why people love it. So you know, it's just not my type of game. Um, but what fair. it does is really cool, mm-hmm. and but not mm-hmm. for me. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. Then I'd say stay away from Hollow Knight. Dark Souls enemies are super cute. Yeah. <laughs> They're adorable. Some of Bloodborne, adorable <laughs> enemies in Bloodborne. <laughs> that dog, fluffy, so fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Ryan, for writing in with that Ryan's subscriber interrogative. That was one example of how you could be sponsored by us. What we sponsor you? That's so crazy. Yeah, remember the beginning of this episode when we gave twenty bucks to a person. You could be that person. That's called our participation trophy. So you have several ways you could uh, enter into that. One of them is by replying or interacting with us on Twitter via subscriber interrogative or uh, just kind of anything more than a like on Twitter wins you an entry once per week. You can also review us on the podcast service of your choice. There was a review that came in. uh, It said something like, this is really great. We need more Trevor Bettis. So Trevor... You're wanted on the show. People are demanding your presence back. So we're going to have to have you back. <laughs> uh, and then you could also recommend us to a friend. If you recommend, if I say, Holden, you should listen to Respawn Aim Fire. And then Holden tweets at us, oh my God, Chad said you should listen to Respawn Aim Fire. Boom. You both get entered into it. Again, it is luck of the draw. There were 57 this week or this month, but February is a brand new month. 
We also have one more section. Oh, balls. Hashtag thanks for creating. I forgot to think of who we're thinking. Oh, um, no. Here we go. You're going to uh, thank a developer who's making something that looks really cool coming up in 2019. Whether that's an indie game, AAA game. I like that. Something that looks super dope. Maybe it has a cool mechanic in it, great art style, or just something that you're looking forward to. Thank a developer. Tag it with hashtag thanks for creating so we can see all the love. I actually, there was an uptick and it was like 10 of those this week. And I love seeing all the people um, saying thank you to indie developers. It was great. That brings us into our quest log where we find out what the internet has provided for us. Holden, let's start out with a big old list of fetch quests. And by big old, I mean like four. And these are just quests <laughs> that are just like, mm, not much to talk about, but they're just basically headlines. Starting with, China giant NetEase acquires minority stake in David Cage's Quantic Dream. This is from Destructoid, basically saying they have a, a small stake and they're now making multi-platform games. This is the developer mm -hmm. who made uh, Detroit Become Human, Beyond Two Souls, and Heavy Rain, and Indigo Prophecy. Thoughts? Um, <laughs> lost for Sony. I think it is a little uh, bit of a loss for Sony, but I don't, also... I don't know. Um, I, I've played actually all of uh, their games. So uh, Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain. Mm -hmm. And of course I played uh, um, Detroit. Detroit. But I don't know. I, I feel like it's not a loss for Sony, actually. I'll tell you why I think it's a loss for Sony. Okay. Not because the games necessarily. Okay. I think you make a good point there. Those games aren't necessarily selling so much. It's not God of War. God of War was the if they lost Santa Monica, that'd be a huge like loss. Yeah, Sony Santa Monica said, Hey, we're no longer Sony. <laughs> Where it's a loss for them is the PS5 launch, where they get an amazing tech demo of look how good our console can be, because Quantic Dream can do that better than anybody else. Their little demos they showed off for um what was it? It was called the comedian, I think. It was what they showed off for the PS4. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. that guy. Yeah, like stuff like that is big for for console launches, and to not have Quantic Dream specifically backing them on that kind of stuff, I think that could be a little bit of a loss for them. They always had really good things to show off because they're they're basically just interactive movies, so it can look a lot better than than a game because it has less to think about and process in terms of the controls, the mechanics, all those other different things. So. Their demos they can show off are just goddamn gorgeous. But that's my point. Yeah. So in that case, they think it's a loss. But I'm sales, kind of you're right. It's I'm not. kind of excited for them to uh, just be able to reach more people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bigger audience. There was mm -hmm. also a, um, an interesting thing. I think it was on Beyond. I was listening to this. Maybe. Maybe not. Somewhere. I was listening to a conversation that said multi-platform they think probably just means more mobile and PC instead. And I was like, that's an interesting thought. What if they turn something like Heavy Rain into a mobile game? Since it is just similar to Telltale, where you're just tapping buttons or doing gestures yeah. and things like that, that could be a cool thought. That would be. I would be so down for that. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that becoming really gimmicky, though. Like, yeah. shake your phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Spin around that... and, you know, <laughs> yeah, kiss, exactly. kiss your screen, you know. <laughs> I don't know why you do that. But Side do note. It. Do you remember, like, the the first year of the App Store when all of the apps were, like, blow into your microphone and yes. play yeah. Ocarina? Remember the <laughs> I pretend you're drinking beer by tilting yeah. your phone. Or you talk in a mouth on the screen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now it's all, like, Microsoft Excel. It's so stupid. Yeah. 
<laughs> Next up, we have Dr. Mario World is officially coming to mobile devices this summer. This is straight from Nintendo uh, mentioned this, as well as delaying Mario Kart Tour, which was supposed to come to yes. mobile by the end of March. Um, that is also coming this summer. There are no details about what Dr. Mario World is, aside from it's Dr. Mario. So I assume it's going to be more of a puzzle Tetris type thing. Like the original Dr. Mario was like Puyo Puyo or Mean Green Machine, Dr. Robotnik thingy. Um, personally, I'm not a fan of that type of gameplay, but I do think it works really, really well for mobile. Mm-hmm. See, I think Nintendo's tricking us, and it's actually Super Mario Odyssey too. <laughs> it's really what it is. <laughs> yeah. When I saw Dr. Mario World, I thought this could be a really cool like skin of Super Mario World. Like, They're going to Breath of the Wild it. They're going to make an open world version of No, <laughs> no, but something Mario. similar to like a 2D platform with Super Mario World, but you're in a, like, instead of a cape, you have your doctor's jacket. <laughs> and instead of, I don't know, maybe the the little and you don't metal get, thing on his forehead does something. I don't know. You don't get mushroom power-ups. You just pop pills. That, that's what you do. <laughs> there you go. You just pop a and couple mic it in. <laughs> yeah, and you don't have to go to a question mark box. He just has them in his pocket all the time. So you're just like... <laughs> just writes himself a prescription. Yeah, it's a really different game. It's it's interesting. <laughs> um, and then we have Groundhog Day, which yesterday... We're recording this on Sunday. Yesterday was Groundhog Day. And PlayStation announced on the blog that Didn't there's a that. game <laughs> called Groundhog Day 2, which is a sequel to the movie... Coming later this year to PSVR, and it uh, stars Bill Murray's son instead of Bill Murray. Not in real life his son, because I don't think he has kids, but the character's son. Oh. Um, And this is something that was like, I can't remember, aside from Goonies 2, the last time there was a video game sequel to a movie property. Stranger Things 3. (laughs) Oh God! Well, that's technically a tie-in to the third season. I know it was a joke, but yeah. But yeah, that does not look fun. But I thought that was super weird, super cool. I'm definitely gonna play it because it's PSVR and it looked interesting. But yeah, any any thoughts on it? No. Next, PlayStation Four was the best-selling video games console of 2018 by just a little bit. <laughs> We yes. talked, and I think it was last week, about Switch being the best-selling in the U.S. for 2018. Yeah. This is worldwide. PS4 sold 17.7 million consoles in its fifth year. Switch sold 17.4 million in its second year. So just slightly bit out Switch. I have a feeling Switch is definitely going to dominate 2019. and That, will that was my prediction for yeah. 2019 was that it was going to top it. So feeling good about that prediction now because this is definitely going <laughs> to sway the other way now. Unless, oh, so yes, we are watching this my, Super Bowl. My parents so are watching screaming. the Super Bowl right now, so they're very excited. <laughs> that's what you hear the yelling, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. <laughs> there they go again. So let's jump into our third-party quest log, and it is just one. And just back one. on the topic of Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! So there is a rumor that Resident Evil 3 Nemesis Remake is going to be the next Resident Evil game, even before Resident Evil 8. Yes. Um, this is coming after a lot of the stories where people have been demanding or really wanting Resident Evil 3 remake after Resident Evil 2 uh, remake um, was uh, very much a success for, for everyone, myself included. Um, and Capcom's response kept been like, well, well, if the fans want it, um, right. then we'll, we'll make it. Which basically means we're, they're already probably working on it. <laughs> yeah, you guys buy enough, well, we'll make it. Or we'll yeah, at least I, tell you we're making it. Yeah, I think they're already have been working on it. I I think at least. Um, so yeah, I think this makes complete sense. 
it's easier to remake Resident Evil 3 again, even if it's going to be slightly different, just like Resident Evil 2 is remake was slightly different. It'd be easier to do that than to just to make a whole new Resident Evil game from the ground up. So this makes sense. Honestly, it's kind of like hardly a rumor. It's like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> They'll do that. We'll see. You know, I don't know. They thing... haven't officially announced Resident Evil 8 yet. They haven't said they're working on it at all. Right. There's a relationship between Resident Evil 4 and Devil May Cry that I was yes, never I, I, aware I can tell of the connection until is. recently. Hmm. Go for it. Yeah, What's so the it? connection is... I've been looking a lot into uh, Resident Evil lately. The connection is that um, they were they knew after Resident Evil 3 that they couldn't just do zombies again. They wanted to take it in a different direction. So they came up with this prototype that was really action-oriented for Resident Evil 4, and that turned into Devil May Cry. That is super action-oriented. Yeah, <laughs> like That's exactly. the action genre. Define that genre. <laughs> Like, can you imagine if that was the next Resident Evil game? Like, hey, yeah, you were in these like very small, isolated areas, maybe able to kill a handful of zombies, and then you're literally just jumping around, shooting your gun and everything, beating everything to a pulp. Like, very, very different. <laughs> that is the opposite of Resident Evil. We'll talk about another prototype they had Resident Evil 4 in a little, little bit, actually. Um, so apparently there's they don't have any interest in remaking resident evil 4 5 or 6 they really just want to do three right now is what um this this guy on twitter uh evil vr is talking about um and i think that makes sense because really one two and three are the ones that hold up the least and one oh, and yeah. two have been remade two obviously much more so to a greater extent was remade it's also someone pointed out resident evil 3 is the only one you can't get on modern consoles i didn't look into this though is that true it is available as a ps1 classic for PS3 yeah. and Vita, but you can't, of course, play those on PS4 because that's dumb. Mm-hmm. So that might be true. Yeah. Although yeah. you might be able to get through PS Now. Oh, you maybe. Stream yeah. some PS1 games through that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, but there were some rumors as well as to what Resident Evil 8 is going to be. And apparently it's going to be very similar to another prototype for Resident Evil 4, which was dubbed the Hookman prototype. And this was also Leon in a mansion, uh, behind-the-shoulder perspective as well. But it being in a mansion felt a little bit more like the older Resident Evil games. But the the kind of the twist on this one is that your nemesis, like, you know, um, stalker, is this kind of like ghost hook man that kind of follows you around. And you're hallucinating the whole game. So you kind of don't know what's real, what's not real, while this ghost man is chasing after you with the hook arm. And they want to okay. play off of that hallucination element uh for resident evil 8 apparently so you kind of don't know what's real what's not real oh that'd be cool it'd be very cool yeah i'm all, all on board for that when um you said and you can man. actually when there's video man, you can see like, what is that like my what golden arm hook man or was no, it like look... a guy <laughs> from the vaudeville that like pulls you off the stage with a giant hook <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming uh the, the most evil one <laughs> will be my guess. um Ooh, so yeah that's my golden arm there is a surprisingly large amount of footage for that prototype available. Mm. The Hookman demo. You can actually, because they actually showed it off at E3, I believe. Of like, here's Resident Evil 4. And then they scrapped it and they Metroid Prime forwarded it, basically. <laughs> no. Y'all, this game's not good. Let's make it again. <laughs> yeah. So, but apparently the idea was good enough to bring Resident Evil 8. So we'll see what happens there. Mm. But yeah. You have a question here. If you've played Resident Evil 3 before, how much will Nemesis differ from Mr. X? I've not played Resident Evil 3 before. Jerrica, have you played Resident Evil 3? Um, no, have not. Okay. I guess that goes unanswered. 
Cool. We'll never know. <laughs> it's impossible to tell. It's impossible to tell. It's like a Tootsie Pop. We'll just never know. Is that how like many licks does it take to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop? It's the world will never know. I feel like the owl. Was it an owl in the commercial? Yeah. Mr. Owl. Oh, Mr. Owl. <laughs> I think it was three. I don't know. A one, a two, a No, three. it was one, and then like he bites it off, and then I guess like, well, I guess the world will never know. No, he literally kind of says a one, a two, a three, and then he bites it and he goes, It's three. There's something where it's like there's a variation of the ad. I'm telling you where it was like, I guess we'll never know, or something mm. like that. Well, Maybe we'll have to just one, assume somewhere. guilty until proven innocent. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how America works. <laughs> that wraps up our quest log. And now we're moving to our main quest. Big old meaty quest. What potential premium Switch online benefit would entice you most? Holden, you made this up off the top of your head. Take us through it. <laughs> Sorry, I just was listening to my parents freaking out downstairs. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, okay, so there is a rumor of a premium Switch online service that may or may not be coming. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, really quickly, just update on Switch Online. It has 8 million subscribers, which is – that's not including people who do the free trial. That's like people who put money down and are paying money for That's this. on how many Switches sold? 32 million. 32 million? So literally 25% of people have it. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I think it's a little bit less than where Sony is. I think Sony's at 30 million with 94 I want to say now. it's like 65 million, I think. PS, but that might also include PS3. PS Plus was like 30-something million. It definitely wasn't 65. Go on. Um, so it's like if they have 30% of their audience, we'll just imagine that it's, it's for all from PS4. Um, I can't imagine there's that many PS Plus accounts for a PS3 only. 35, 35 million. 35, yeah. Um, but um, eight, I think, is good progress for them. So that, that's a good sign. And they're wanting to, quote-unquote, expand the, the service. Um, and they also said there's going to be an upcoming Switch game that will be, quote-unquote, suitable for the service. There's no word on what that game could be. <laughs> I think it's probably the uh, Star Fox Grand Prix racing game. Do you think that's a thing? Totally think it's a thing. Timing of it makes complete sense. So here's here's a slight wrench yeah. in that. I was actually okay. on Tequila last night, or Friday yeah. night, talking about this. Um, rumor was that Rare was working on that Star Fox Grand Prix game. Retro. Not Rare, Retro. Yeah. Retro was on it. Why is Retro suddenly now available to do Metroid Prime 4? Because that game's coming that out game this year and it's close to release. Or it's close to release. You think close to release and they're just like, all right, we're now just going to switch full steam into something else. There, there was there was something where the developers uh, at Retro were kind of like, we are making Metroid Prime 4 because I don't know how we'd be making Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> like, we don't have the resources for that right now. I think it's because that game's probably ready to be released. They have a game that's suitable for online play. Racing Let's games seem so. to fit into that. It's going to be coming out soon, which means Retro's going to be freeing up soon. So I don't know. I think they, they could all line up. Um, regardless. The another rumor this week is that um, Nintendo's going to have a premium version of the online service dedicated to the quote here is Nintendo enthusiast core Nintendo Switch online users and I love this those who are willing to spend more money on games (laughs) (laughs) people who are just willing to give us more money that's a quote from the article that's only Nintendo said that that's just based on what they know about what's going on but I thought that was really funny um so. There's no word on what the features are going to be for the premium service. It's just that there's going to be a higher tier service for Switch Online. So we don't know what it's going to be. But it's kind of throwing the question to you guys. Like, what would entice you to pay more for 
an online service. And we'll avoid voice chat. I think that's the obvious the oh, obvious God, one yeah. <laughs> is, is voice chat. God, um, voice chat. I don't know. I also don't think they should do this. It'd be kind of strange to have like PS plus PS plus plus. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Just just have the one service. You're just paying for online. But anyway, what would entice you guys? I think for me, it's an achievement system. I would like an achievement Ooh, system. Oh, I would love an yeah, achievement system. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But like so. in a Nintendo way. Like someone was like, oh, that's clever. That's cute. Like, of course they do it that way. It can't just be an achievements list. I would I like, like some sort of twist on it. But. Universal cloud saves would be great. Yeah, Being for able, sure. Across the board, yeah. every single game cloud save, I think I would think be. you're totally right. They should have that. But I think they won't just because you'd be like, hey, you can have a janky ass save system. Or a good one. <laughs> <laughs> just pay more money for the good one. Yeah, I don't think they would. Because that would just make their $30 service seem like shit, as opposed to making the $60 service seem good. Yeah. So I, I agree that they should just have that for free. <laughs> you shouldn't even think something like that. <laughs> right. It's so stupid. Well, I mean, there there are a lot of indie games on Switch, which get me super excited, and I like to try. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a system in place right now for like free games like PlayStation does each month? Um, there's no, not. there's not. I mean, there's there's the Nintendo um, Nintendo uh, Entertainment System games. I can't believe I just said Nintendo Entertainment System. The NES games that are available there. Um, well, the whole thing that. is That's Nintendo kind of their Entertainment System online service. And they, they, add, you know, they add a few games every month, though, so it's kind of like their equivalent to that. But it's weak sauce compared to getting a new PS4 game right. every every month. Uh, but I think that's a kind of a clever idea. So you're basically saying, like, in, ha- highlighting indie games by featuring one or two of them for free every month yeah that'd be i mean right now can you what do you what can you subscribe to with nintendo because i do not subscribe to anything or i i don't know what i'm doing on my switch really what am i doing they've got one service okay it's it's 20 dollars for individual subscription or 30 for family 35 35 for family and it's um you get cloud saves ish for a (laughs) lot of games but not all games you get the nes um, like monthly yeah. thing that they add more stuff to. You get quote unquote special offers of which we've had zero so far since it launched. Online play. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that one. Yeah. They just said special offers. Zero. Uh, online play, <laughs> which is incredibly janky if you've ever tried to play Smash Online. Um, I played Smash Online a few times. It was fine. What are you talking about? We played Smash Online. It was fine. <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? We did not play Smash Online, you and I. Oh, we uh, did. We did that one time. Yeah. Yeah, it was fine. Um, and I think that's it. Okay. Well, yeah, I want free great games every month. Yep. At least two. Mm-hmm. When I think about the things that uh, about PlayStation Plus that keep me resubscribing every single year, mm-hmm. I think the PlayStation Plus free games a month, which I think for Nintendo could be really great if it's like even if they do as you mentioned like an indie spotlight. Mm-hmm. I think what would be cool when I think about the PlayStation Plus games, I'm like. Mm, I get all of these games and I redeem them so they're in my library, but I never play them. I know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think if there were, if it was like a Netflix thing where it's like, this is available for the next two months, that would entice me to play these games more. Like, oh man, I have wanted to check that out. I'm not just going to put it in my library. I'm actually going to try it. Um, I think that'd be cool. Just have like a subscription that things get cycled in and out. Yeah. And then discounts. Like, so far, like, uh, so much of what I benefit with PS Plus on is the, just the PlayStation Store discounts. And I buy everything digitally through the eShop. So, 
I would love to see like special pricing for Nintendo online service. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's those. Uh, what what do they say? Special things coming soon that is not out. What is it? Oh, special offers. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. special offer. <laughs> Maybe. Yep. <laughs> and then no, of course, but... uh, and then um, just like other basic things like cloud saves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's. It sounds like kind of embarrassing that like everything we're mentioning is just yeah they should catch up and then charge <laughs> exactly. the same price as everybody else like they should just have one I think that they should just increase the price of Switch Online to that to the the normal sixty dollar price for a year and then just add everything to make it on par yeah and I mean like we achievement saw system the... would be cool but like it'd be ridiculous to have to pay into an achievement system yeah we saw the NES game service that they have right now. We saw a couple of weeks ago that there were actually four emulators of the NES, the SNES one, and then two mm-hmm. other emulators we don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. There's obviously room there for other things like maybe N64 or even GameCube. Yeah. That's what I want. Just yeah, exactly. Yes. Just give but us it'd be sixty dollars a year and let malicious. us have all of those. <laughs> it'd be malicious to keep that in the high tier, but not in the basic tier. Yeah. It'd be malicious. <laughs> I don't know. GameCube and N sixty four is where it's like I understand. Yeah, but I would do it. Yeah, that. that would. Conv- I would. I'd be down. For totally, that, for and sure. you would be down for it because oh, fuck, I want it. Okay, <laughs> not because you're like, yeah, I'll pay money yeah. for it. I'm so excited about. <laughs> to buy I this. would. I totally would. <laughs> you would not be excited if you're excited. You're a sheep. <laughs> That's wake up, sheeple. Let me tell you, I played my SNES Classic 5 trillion percent more than I played my NES Classic. It's just like, NES is boring as F. Those newer systems are, it's going to be, it's going to be great. I'd pay more money for it. Because you know they're not going to be able to do that with literally like $1.50 a month per person. They're not Mm going to be able to roll that out to the lower tier. So what do you think they should just charge more. What do you think they're (laughs) waiting for? Like, why why do you think uh, this hasn't happened yet? I think... I think Nintendo gets off on being withholding. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> what it is. They're like, hey, guys, do you want to give Link to the Past? That'd be so good. Let's just wait. <laughs> just wait a little bit. They do like to play that supply constraint thing. Maybe this mm. is their way of doing that digitally. <laughs> oh, my God. We just couldn't make enough SNES ROM files. <laughs> Guess you guys are going to have to wait a while. <laughs> <laughs> There are not enough digital files to go around everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't know. But yeah, then on, like, the, on the flip side, I've literally used it half of a time. So that whole service, mm-hmm. I don't know if anything would entice me to actually use it. Yeah, but I also don't pay, pay for it because I just mooch off your family plan. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all I got to say about that stuff. That's all I got to say about that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that brings us to our end game. Well, yeah, to a segment we call We're So Fucking Humble, where we take a back seat and we let our guest bring a topic that they would like to discuss. So we're going to give you the floor, Jerrica. What have you brought for us to talk about? Okay, um, huge Mass Effect fan here. Woo! Um, and I'm always thinking, you know, you know, Virus mentioned they're working. Mass Effect is, you know, it's still a thing. Someone's working on something at Bioware Mass Effect related. Um, like, what do you think, you know, is going to be that Mass Effect game that can win us all back? Like, what, what? do they have to do? Okay. So <laughs> right off the bat. animations. <laughs> oh my God, right? <laughs> 
great facial animations. Here's what I think would freaking set the world on fire. They announce a new Mass Effect game, and it's it starts as if it's something completely separate from the Metroid, not Metroid, God damn it, Mass Effect trilogy, <laughs> the Shepard trilogy, and it starts with something completely different, different alien races, um, completely different mission, whatever, like nothing related to Krogan's or anything like that. And then somewhere in the game, your paths cross. <gasps> and then suddenly Shepard is one of your squad mates. Oh, stop. And like, if, <laughs> so if you start playing through the game and then all of a sudden, boom, those two things merge. Everything everyone loved about the original trilogy, plus all of this brand new places to explore, alien races to interact with. And then you get the best of those both worlds. That would be so freaking great. And they could even look back on your saves and say, ooh, so-and-so died. They're not a character available for you anymore. Oh, so-and-so survived. You chose female Shepard. Great. She's going to be available. Like, being able to kind of, like, mooch off of that legacy in something, like, brand new and completely different, I think was so good. And they started a little bit of that with Andromeda where they're like, yeah. it's kind of in the same universe-ish, but really nothing is the same. <laughs> a couple of the same races. and But that's a great starting point, I think. You have to have some kind of overlap with Shepard and the originals. I but I don't I think totally just agree. having those races is enough. Yeah. Because mm. I know, like, when I was, you know, obviously I was really um, hyped for Andromeda. Um, was it the game I expected? No. Was it the worst game? No. I, I enjoyed it because um, it definitely was Mass Effect, um, but not not the solid, like, narr uh, narrative drive that we obviously got from the trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um but I really think at some point if they can just tie it in, like you were saying, especially the idea of a brand new game and it be a surprise that maybe that happens in the middle. Um, yeah. I also have another crackpot theory. That's what I call these theories that are way out there. <laughs> if Go it's okay, it. if I <laughs> toss it. Um, so me and my friends were thinking, they're like, well, you know, what if I know Anthem's not Mass Effect. We know it's not. Um, but with these like, real-time events that can happen in the world mm -hmm. um i know this is spoiler territory with mass effect 3 i don't want to spoil anybody but You're i will fine. say what if one of those events you see this storm and all of a sudden the normandy sr2 just flies through and lands in you know the world of anthem and that's all what? that happens what and that's what that's i want just like to happen. easter egg <laughs> yeah it's like literally there was a i forgot maybe it was game informer but they um were interviewing someone at bioware just saying hey at some point can these two ips are they in the same universe can they possibly collide and he didn't say no he said yeah. they are both what well actually what's interesting about that is when you like taking andromeda right you're going to a new galaxy right <laughs> And it looks exactly like the galaxy that you were just at in the previous game. <laughs> but Anthem was a totally new galaxy from what we saw in Mass Effect before. So it does kind of fit. It's science fiction. It's not like they, they, they're compatible in that way. I don't they're know if you can see these goosebumps right now. <laughs> but, but the world of Fortnite is so great at just having events happen happen yeah. in the game world during the game that they're playing and they have these huge ramifications for the entire Fortnite universe and then also it's the talk of everyone on the gaming industries websites all that kind of stuff what 
a dope way to announce the next Mass Effect game. It's just like randomly in everyone's anthem game at the same time the Normandy comes in. <laughs> And there's like a side mission or a side quest and you're interacting with <laughs> Shepard and his crew. And then they're like, great. You do this one little mission that gives you a glimpse of their larger mission. Boom. <laughs> More coming in in Mass Effect 4. What a way to reveal a game that would be. Won't be a cool way of doing it. The Reapers become an enemy you have to fight in Anthem. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> just like come out of the... You yeah. know, the storm in the sky and just like all the reapers. Because then you're asking like, oh, wait, so is, is like Captain Shepard going to be coming back? Oh, and like it's, it's bringing in that conversation because we're fighting reapers. They're definitely reapers. They look just like reapers. And then boom, it happens. Oh, I would never God. be, you know, I'd be so excited to see the reapers again. Like, oh, my God, there they are. <laughs> so down. <laughs> oh, reapers, yay! <laughs> Destroy us! <laughs> um, so what I think would make a really good... Uh, Mass Effect game going forward um, is three things. One, bringing Garrus back. He has to be in every single Mass Effect. No, Garrus is so he's cool. He's just the best character. He was always No, the best. Jack was super dope. Jack was cool, but Garrus was awesome. Um, <laughs> Jack also was not in the first game. Garrus was in I didn't play the games. first game. I played two, and I did the comic of the first game. So <laughs> <laughs> I did two and three. I platinum not, Mass Effect 2. Not, not, not good. Not good. That's not good, Chad. I'm yeah, the guy who didn't literally play didn't one. play the third one at all. Yeah. So, um, loot boxes. Really think it needs loot boxes <laughs> and possibly a battle royale mode. Oh my god! Uh. <laughs> no, actually, I have nothing else to add because you guys pretty much nailed there it. We go. I think. Yeah, Those it was ideas perfect. Ideas together just mm-hmm. makes my armpits moist. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Gets me hyped. That's the best excitement euphemism I've ever heard. <laughs> Makes my armpits moist. Yep. Oh, um, man. I do think a strong focus on narrative, I think, is very important mm-hmm. to me, though. I mean, I only played the first mission of, of Mass Effect Andromeda and stopped because I'm like, this is like, just the narrative was so bad in the very beginning for me. I'm just like, I can't. This is just this is not it was uh, I just don't remember what it was. You um you crash on the planet in the very beginning. And then, you know, your dad, like, notices your mask is broken. So he uses this thing to, like, heal your mask. And then it's fine. The end of that very mission, your dad's mask breaks. And you have to leave him on the planet to die. Because apparently you don't have that amazing miracle tool that you just used 15 minutes ago anymore. And that's the basis for the entire story of the game is... You now have to continue on without your father. And I'm like, that's the weakest foundation for a story ever. So, like, it just ruined it immediately for me after hearing all the bad perception of the game and kind of being uneasy going into it. That killed it. And I just, I need a strong narrative in the next one. I was, like, immediately let down by that just gaping, huge plot hole. It was, that was one of the biggest plot holes I think I've ever seen. It was ridiculous. It was really bad. So, just strong narrative focus. Mm hmm. Hot Which isn't a lot up. to ask Hot for Mass Shepard. Effect. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think everyone... I th- there's no way you can have a Mass Effect game without Shepard, I think. And I think they learned that lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, we I can hope. have Star Wars I and the Skywalkers. They can do Mass Effect without Shepard. Mm. No, they tried. <laughs> Which one? Star Wars or Mass Effect? Mass Effect. Yeah. Okay, they tried. It was one game. It's fine. We'll, we'll try yeah. again. Uh-huh. I think it'd honestly be hard to do a Shepard game again. His story's kind of done. You it's don't like, know oh, that. Man. You never played number three. <laughs> <laughs> I know what happens at the end of three. 
Uh-huh. Not in okay. my ending. Just saying. Oh! <laughs> Hashtag not my ending. Yep. Well, that's actually, that's a good point to bring up, actually. Mm-hmm. The mess that was the ending and having to redo the endings again. They had to redo the endings again, didn't they? Um, They didn't re- that Well, they sort of redid right one. Yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, there's three different endings, of course. But there's, I've, I've thought of ways. I know all three okay. endings. There's, there's ways around it. There's okay. ways. There's mass yeah. relays, so you can figure it out. There's, <laughs> there's things flying through space. I'm sure. Well, the the point is that your decisions carried over to the end of of Mass Effect Three. So all your decisions mm-hmm. culminate to the end of Mass Effect Three. That's important for the Shepard experience. Is your decisions going throughout it? How on earth are they going to get that data off of an Xbox 360 or PS3 to a PlayStation Five or Xbox Two? Well, they did it with Dragon. I mean, Xbox right? Two backwards yeah. compatibility. Oh, there you go. PlayStation the... Five. Mm, mm. How's that going to work? We don't even have. It's rumored that they'll have backwards compatibility the next console. <laughs> we don't know for sure or not. Knowing Sony, we'll see. But we also and even don't if it did have backwards backwards compatibility, PS3. it's not for PS3, exactly not yeah. for PS4. So I think that would be a really big obstacle for bringing Shepard in. It'd have to be generic Shepard that you saw in marketing, not your Shepard. And I think that would take the fun out of it. I think they could do probably like the, the intro comic thing. What choice did you make about yeah. this person? What choice did they you make about this person? Them. Uh, Dragon Age, actually. Um, they had like the Dragon Age keep, and you could go back and make mm-hmm. all those decisions. So if you never, I guess for Inquisition, that was it. I don't know. I, I, that'd be strange, though. I mean, that's not for me. Not if it can happen. <laughs> <laughs> if I think that's strange... what causes it to happen. I'll take it. <laughs> How many games were involved in the in the Dragon Age version? Was it just one game, or was 17. it a trilogy of games? Um, multiple games. I actually, it was multiple? <laughs> I try playing. Okay. I'm not as much into dragon age as obviously if i'm like mass effect but yeah i know it gets really intricate story's mm-hmm. intense i there's a lot of loot uh you know turns and twists and i'm just like i don't know this is a great decision they had like a website where you can go in and like pick your choices and mm-hmm. See most how of the out. things i was choosing i'm like i don't know that sound like that name's cool sure <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah Okay. That's how I felt going through when I played Mass Effect 2 for the first time. And it's like, make all these decisions about Mass Effect 1. And I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know that person, but their name sounds stupid. <laughs> sounds so they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Is that the uh, anything else you guys have to say about Mass Effect? We're going to wrap up then with our Game on Game Show. The game on our game show called Game On. The gaming show we game on our game show. Uh, and it is... Another episode of Video Game Would You Rather. So we've got five things here. Maybe four, because one of them I still feel might be... We call ourselves the Kick-Ass Irreverent Gaming Podcast. And we have earned our name with one of these today. But Some of these are what? very we'll offensive sometimes. I don't know what these are <laughs> right now, Jericho's, you know. But in the past, they can get pretty... <laughs> they can be a lot. <laughs> so again, we're going we're gonna to start easy. And then we'll get into some of the more irreverent ones towards the end. <clears throat> Number one, which franchise would you rather erase from existence, Resident Evil or Super Smash Brothers? That's easy for me. Super Smash Brothers, get rid of it. Why? You can't just <laughs> say a name and say, yeah, duh. Because, um, well, first of all, I think I just I enjoy Resident Evil more. And the second I think is... you just got that new game hype going <laughs> no, on. No, it's not. <laughs> Super Smash Bros. was the most disappointing game last year for me. Easily. Because the online mode absolutely sucked for what I wanted to use it for. I'm not talking about dropped games, that kind of stuff. I'm talking about 
I got that game to play with my brothers who live in Texas. I can't play with both of them at the same time based on the online infrastructure that they have, which is yeah. insanity. That's crazy to me that I can't play with two people off the same console against me. It's not a matchmaking issue because they're only playing against me. Coupled with that, if I'm playing one-on-one with my brother, I can only play one-on-one with him, uh, 1v1 with him online. I can't add in CPUs and play with four people. I can only play one against one with him unless I invite in other friends, which again, that makes no sense. Even Mario Kart from 2013 can handle that on the Wii U. Like, why can't this game do that? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I got really annoyed at the online modes. This is the same thing that happened. <laughs> this so is the same thing that happened with the Super Bowl. And yeah, we've I got know. all of this cheering going on. And, it's <laughs> and the same thing happened with the Wii U version. This is just how their online mo- Actually, I don't know if it was the case of the Wii U version. But this is, it's just how this it was designed. And I got really annoyed with it. I don't like fighting games that much either. So like, I just don't have a lot of reasons to like Smash Bros. And Resident Evil 2 is my... I mean, it's... February now, but it's my game of the year contender <laughs> so far. So it's really that good. So I don't know. I just I have more interest in Resident Evil than I do in Smash Bros. Smash Bros. was very annoying to me. Wow. Yeah. I I think about like the ramifications it would have for the rest of like the industry. If you think about Resident oh. Evil, if that never existed, we would never okay. have the Mila Jovovich movies. so that's that's a big thing to think about but there were six of them it's a lot of great film (laughs) yeah silent hill or um what's the what's the other game that came out um evil within like games that were inspired by it Mm -hmm. but then if we didn't have smash brothers that's how i was introduced to a lot of gaming franchises like i had never heard of earthbound before i started playing as ness on the n64 smash bros Many people were introduced to Fire Emblem from Smash Bros. They had never heard of it before. It was like, who are all these cool people with swords that there are way too many of? So I think that, like, Smash Bros might have a... There are so many games that wouldn't be as well-known or played by a Western audience if we didn't have it. But also, yeah, like Resident Evil more than Smash Bros. Yeah, I also would still know about Resident Evil without Smash Bros, so I'm cool with it. (laughs) (laughs) Jerrica, which one would you choose? Uh, I don't have a long, like, drawn-out answer, but I agree with you guys. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of other Mario games, so um, would the other ones still be around? <laughs> yes, that's just one. Yes, we just wouldn't have <laughs> yeah. the team-up battle one. Yep. Yeah, there that's you a go. Fair point. See, there there's plenty like, of Mario to go around. And yeah, we also still have Mario Earth- and Sonic at the Olympic Games. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> all you really need. So I, yeah, well, yeah. I Earthbound would still be around. So Chad still would have found it eventually. He just wouldn't have found it that way. <laughs> You're right. Next up, we have: Would you rather have Knuckles from Sonic or Sly Cooper as your emotional support animal? I don't know much about Knuckles, but he's I feel got like Sly wouldn't be there that often for he me. Glides. I need him to help out. He destroys things. He claws in the walls and climbs up them. Yeah. Sly Cooper, Phoebus Raccoonus. Yeah. I feel like he'd be um, selfish. He's a thief and he wouldn't Mm -hmm. really care about me and my emotions. And he's an emotional support right now. So I'm going to take Knuckles. Also, Knuckles is a jerk. But at least he'd be there, and he'd just tell me the truth, and he'd he okay. wouldn't, he'd be blunt about it. I don't I don't want I don't want I don't want any <laughs> sugarcoating. And just give give me the truth. Okay, picture this: they go with you everywhere. They're your <laughs> emotional support animal. Yeah, you walk into a Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Knuckles is your pet. He destroys things. You have to pay for them. 
Thievius Raccoonus is your pet, Sly Cooper. You walk out, you get home, you unpack your PlayStation. Turns out he also stole a TV <coughs> for you. <laughs> you get all of these great electronics. <laughs> like, shit, that sounds great. <laughs> but for emotional support, the reason that we have this pet wouldn't be as good. Well, I'd say I'd be pretty happy when I got a lot more than I was expecting to from Best Buy. Sure. You also don't have to bring your emotional support animal with you everywhere. You don't have to. Well, in this scenario, you do. And I made it up, so. That's a good point. I can't argue with that. <laughs> Jerrica, Knuckles or Sly Cooper? Uh, Knuckles. I mean, I feel like I would love to have, like, a security guard. Even though it's an emotional oh, support okay. animal. But I feel That's like it a, would also protect me. There we me, go, yeah. Okay. Know, punch people and look mean. But maybe... He's just misunderstood, so I'm there for him too. You know, Aww. we're we're in <laughs> okay. this together, Knuckles. You're his mo- emotional support animal. Yeah, as well. that's actually yeah. <laughs> that's what's going on. <laughs> Number three, would you rather write tedious, detailed wikis and walkthroughs for video games that you adore, or for video games that you care nothing about? Not necessarily bad games, but ones that you just don't care about. Wait. One more time, what, would I rather make game guides for a game would I care about or don't care about? you rather write guides for things you like or things you don't care about? Because Obviously. there's the, there's the implication that if you make it for what you like, you spend so many hours dissecting every little yep. smidgen of this game that it ruins the yeah. game for you. So, no, I would love doing that because that's – like when I played Link to the Past again, like that's I literally had a notebook next to me to dissect the level design and how oh, that's it so teaches gross. you mechanics. So, like, that sounds great. I'll take okay. that. I like video games enough that if that were my profession, I would want it to be just like games that I'm so-so or don't care about so that I can truly really like the ones that I like for as they are instead of having to dissect every single thing about them. I agree. Dis- I'm the same way. I feel the same way. Boom. Holden, you lose. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Because to me, it's like saying like, hey, you're going to be a chef, you know. You're gonna try to you're gonna reverse engineer recipes for food that you don't like that much or food you enjoy eating. Would, would you rather be around more often? Okay, first of all, <laughs> recipes are a lot less detailed than wikis. Like if you think about something, I don't like know. I don't know what more recipes Red Dead you're making, too. but I have very long sixty-page recipes <laughs> that I follow. Get out of here. <laughs> Number four. <clears throat> would you rather? Okay. There's a, a, a sentence of background of this one. Surgeon Simulator and Job Simulator are heightened, wacky video game versions of run-of-the-mill professions. Which other simulator would you rather play? Rest Stop Janitor Simulator or Brothel Janitor Simulator? Do you want to clean up a rest stop or do you want to clean up a brothel? I'm going to pick the brothel only because the characters are going to be way more interesting. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's like dynamics there. It's like they're the regulars. How how do uh, the the employees of the brothels feel about the different regulars? Janitors like great some <laughs> asshole shit. And again, I gotta clean that up. Like, <laughs> I think you're right. And also, when you think about those like job simulator, there's it's just a whole lot of like taking random things and throwing them everywhere and smashing two things together. And there's a lot more, I think, at brothels. A lot more opportunity for that than like <laughs> a lot of plungers to and toilet paper and soap. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine the stories. I'd love to listen. They'd also have a really good, like, um, mechanic of, um, like, do you want to pass this level? Do you not consent to this? Do you want to move past this level? Is this too much? (laughs) (laughs) All right. And our last one. 
There are Nintendo. Okay, th- another sentence of background on this one. There are Nintendo Switch games in Japan that use HD rumble to try to recreate the sensation of squeezing anime boobs. This is true. <laughs> That's a real thing in real life. I'm sure it's convincing. <laughs> <laughs> Which other strange and explicit HD rumble game would you rather play? Manhunt 2 or Men's Room Mayhem, which is a game about urinating in a urinal. Oh, I've always wanted to see or feel what that's like. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) With the power of HD rumble, you can know exactly what it's like to pee in a urinal. That's awesome. And that's probably a lot less scarring than exactly what it's like to strangle someone to death (laughs) in Manhunt. Either one's win-win. You can feel the pulse. And their neck slowing down. <laughs> well, Jerrica, you have a unique place here because you don't, I'm assuming, don't have yeah. experience with both of no. them. I'm assuming you haven't killed or strangled anybody Me, before. Neither. <laughs> neither. But Chad and I, again, I'm assuming, Chad, you have experience peeing in a urinal, just like I do. Oh, I always sit down. Always <laughs> sit down on the urinal. I, I, <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer sitting down myself. I'm much more comfortable. But I've used a urinal before. I've never experienced strangling someone before, but I don't know if I want to. Right, let me take, rephrase that. I don't want to. So I'll take the experience I've had before of peeing in the urinal because I, I don't want to know what it's like to kill someone. I'd rather just not know. Yeah. I feel like strangling someone, though, with that effect, it's just going to feel like a vibration. Does that happen? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't I feel know. like that'd be like messed up like, well, I could just strangle this person in real life. It wasn't that bad in the HD rumble. It was just a vibration. <laughs> They're not actually dying. They're just vibrating. They're just vibrating. <laughs> I plead insanity, Your Honor. <laughs> um. Yeah, I already know what it's like to pee at a urinal, so mm-hmm. I feel like I would go that way. And I would be able to write a great wiki about how realistic it is, whether yes. it hits the mark or whether it doesn't. You really could review it in a way that, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that the Jerrica can't. You just don't get the essence of what it's like to pee at a urinal. <laughs> <laughs> And who knows, maybe maybe you get the experience to pee with many different sizes and shapes and colors of wieners, and maybe they all feel different with HD Rumble. <laughs> so if you've ever wondered what it's like to be Ron in which Jeremy, case, In which case, it would offer us experiences we've never had before. There it is, yep. <laughs> that wraps up our Game on Game show, and wraps up episode... 94 of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you again so much, Jerrica, for joining us for this one. Do you have anything you you would like to plug? Places people can find you or follow you or see anything you do? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm on Twitter. That's pretty much all I do. I retweet um, memes and I talk about Mass Effect. Also, Death Stranding. I'm obsessed. I'm a (gasps) conspiracy theorist when it comes to Death Stranding. So if you want me... Huh? In a second, we're going to do your wackiest Death Stranding thing. Oh, yes. okay. oh um, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at um, Glitch Girl, and that's G-U-R-L, um, Glitch underscore Girl. Um, and it may be just Glitch Girl. I can't remember, honestly, but Girl is <laughs> G-U-R-L. And if it says Jerrica, that is me. Um, but yeah. Can confirm no underscore. Thanks. Okay, what's your wildest, <laughs> what's your wildest conspiracy theory about death stranding there's a few different ones so let me um let me consider the best um i'm just hoping that we're the baby are we the baby that's what i want to ask like are we actually inside the tube 
and we're using our PlayStation controllers to tell Norman Reedus like where to go. Like you know, the little, the little <laughs> oh my uh, God. The trackpad on the controller. I want to be able to use this and say, wake up, go this way. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And um, yeah, is is this a game? Is it an experience? We don't know. We don't know. I think my my best theory so far is that he had mentioned, you know, marketing and social media are going to be part of the game or like we're yeah. already playing the game. And I have a feeling at E3 this year, Kojima's going to come out on stage and be like, how did you like it? <laughs> that was it. That was the game. <laughs> and <laughs> those trailers. Like, well, that was yeah, a good like, ride. Oh, You're okay. a good guy. Yeah, I guess we played it. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite theory is that it's going to surprise launch is the new Beyonce album. I'm very excited for that to happen. <laughs> Apparently your stepdad likes that idea. He does. He does. Yeah. I'm it. wondering if the if anyone listening to the episode will be able to hear that or just us. <laughs> only we can hear that. I'm going to try to find loud. whatever frequency it is and boost it. So that's all they hear. <laughs> all right. Once again, thank you for joining us, Jerrica. Until next time, here's our usual sign off. Water. I don't know. We. <laughs> <laughs>